I'm glad I did, or I wish I had. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given and you'll find power for Powerful Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God, all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Powerful Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given And you'll find power for living My friend, let me ask you a question today. How do you live your life? Looking back and saying, I wish I had? Or looking to the future saying, I'm glad I did? Or even looking back and saying, I'm glad I did? You know, we can either live life sort of looking through the windshield of opportunity and seeing everything that God has in front of us, or looking through the rearview mirror of regrets. And I would really suggest, look to the future with great confidence, great hope. But I'll never forget, when I think in terms of, I'm glad I did, or I wish I had. A number of years ago, our youngest son, Jacob, he's now a major in the Marines, and has three children, married, all those wonderful things. But I'll never forget the summer when he was uh, 12 years old, and I coached his regular season, a little league team, and we won the league. And back then, the way it worked was if you won the league, this was at East End Little League in, there in Mishawaka, if you won the league, then you were given the first opportunity to be the all-star coach. And we had, I had coached these guys when they were 10, and we got state runner-up, or excuse me, we got eighth in the state, and uh, out of 300 little league teams and in in, in all-star teams across the state of Indiana, well, I'd been asked to take the all-star team again that year when they were 12 and things were really shaping up and and it looked like a great opportunity but man my plate was full of course we were raising four kids the ministry was busy everything was just uh kind of piling up and and I wasn't sure and I thought I don't know whether I should take the all-star team or not talk to Cindy about it and she's like Mike it's your call and uh, she always supported me in those decisions. But I just knew that my plate was very full. Well, and then one of the dads, I'll never forget it, said this to me. He said, Mike, let me ask you a question. 20 years from now, when you're looking back over your life, do you want to be able to say, I wish I had or I'm glad I did? Or do you want to be able to say, I'm glad I did instead of I wish I had? And I looked at him, a good friend of mine, George Imes. We coached the Little League together. George Imes, Dave Noel, and myself would take the all-star teams. And I thought about that for just a second or two, and I thought, man, George is right. And I'm so glad that I did. I mean, that sounds kind of cliche, but I, I'm just telling you, you know, over 20 years later, I'm so glad in the summer of 1998 I took that Little League team and 
We won the district, District 14, tremendous competition back then in those days, and and went on, and we were about a base hit away from going to Williamsport. We got state runner-up and put it, just had it so close. In fact, in, in the game that really determined who was moving on, we had the bases loaded, nobody out, bottom of the six, which you only play six innings in those games, trailing two to nothing, and I had our top hitters coming to the plate, these guys I had nicknamed Murderer's Row after the New York Yankees. And in 11 All-Star games, they combined for 15 out-of-the-park home runs. I mean, these guys could hit the ball. And we had it all. We had good pitching. We had good hitting, uh, tremendous defense. It was just a fun team to coach. And, of course, I always taught the boys, listen, believe in what you're doing. If you round first and you think you can get second, take it. Don't wait on me to send you. That split second between me saying go or stay could be the difference between you being safe and out. And I can tell you about 99.9% of the time it worked in our favor. And our goal was to uh, work on the fundamentals, keep it fun, be respectful, include everybody, build a sense of team camaraderie. And, And the team really became like a family. And we had tremendous parents and everybody was on board. But when, it, when they hollered play ball, I became sort of the, the motivator. And in the practices, George Imes, uh, he taught some of the fundamentals of the game. And then uh, Dave Knoll was a tremendous organizer, and, and he had everything all laid out uh, and so forth. And it was just a great group of guys to coach with. And then once they hollered play ball, we sort of tried to get out of the kids' way and let them go, let them play. Build confidence. And I think the reason I coached that way is, quite frankly, I had so many coaches growing up that sort of held you back, stifled your talent. They were control freaks. You know, you make a mistake, they take you out of the game. Well, if you want kids to play timid, go about it that way. And we just didn't want to do it that way. We wanted these kids to believe in themselves and build confidence and championship character. And I can tell you, it really was a tremendous time. And we got all the way. We, we wound up not scoring there. We popped up, grounded out, and next thing I knew, the, the game was over. But uh, to make a long story short, as I look back now, all I can say is I'm glad I did. And that state runner-up team was one of the most just enjoyable times together and uh, great memories. In fact, I have performed the weddings for several of those guys that were on that team. And, you know, recently I, I performed a wedding and one of the guys was there and, and we just got to reminiscing. Of course, these guys are, you know, grown men now and they're raising their own families. And, you know, we just had a tremendous time just shooting the breeze, talking about those, those times. And, and, and they still call me coach and I get a kick out of that. But, you know, and then a couple of years later, that same group of guys, we put together a team for the, the senior division. And that particular time, we, we won the state. It was, it was a great time. And, of course, by then, they didn't need my advice on anything. I mean, these were ballplayers. You know, they, a lot of them were playing varsity baseball by then, and they knew more about the game than I did. I just tried to motivate them, rev the engine, and turn them loose. But on that particular summer, uh, of course, Jacob was the catcher on the team. But our son, Joseph, who's with the Lord, he was my assistant coach. And, and, and what a memory that is of that summer where he and I coached together and bonded together. Great times. Where I'm going with that is this. Oh, my friend. 
live the kind of life that you say, I'm glad I did, not I wish I had. Don't live the kind of life that you look back and you say, oh, my friend, I should have done this or I should have done that. And let me say as a pastor, you know, I've been at the bedside of many people who are in their final moments, and I've heard the dying words of many, many people, and I can honestly say not one time in my life have I ever heard someone on their deathbed say, I wish I had spent more time at work. If I've heard anything once, I've heard it a hundred times. Oh, if I could do it over again, I'd spend more time with my family. So my friend, capitalize on the opportunity in front of you. Hey, if your kids are raised and you wish you could spend more time with them, spend it with your grandchildren. Invest in their lives. It'll be, it'll be a joy. It'll be a, a tremendous opportunity. But live your life with no regrets. I'm glad I did instead of I wish I had. Now, Jesus in the New Testament tells a story of a guy who basically is going to have some regrets. In Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 15, Jesus tells a parable. He said, take heed, beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke this parable, saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, and build greater barns. And there I will store all of my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus says, life doesn't consist of all the things we have. Now, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with enjoying nice things. There's nothing wrong with a good job and making money and all of it. Hey, that's all a part of the American dream. I say go for it. But don't do so at the expense of the most important values, beginning with your relationship with Christ. This guy is the kind of guy that Jesus tells the story about. Basically, he had everything but the main thing. He had everything this world could provide, but he had not taken stock of his relationship with God. He had not taken inventory of where he stood spiritually before the Lord. And Jesus said, that kind of person, when all the dust settles, is a fool. And the idea is it's living life without any thought of God. And God says, so don't do that. And my friend, the greatest regret anyone could have is to enter eternity without a relationship with Jesus Christ. So my suggestion, coming from the inspiration of the word of God, the words of our Lord, oh, my friend, take to heart the good news of the gospel. Jesus said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, my friend, recognize that God loves you. I love that word world. We could all put our name there. And then we all need God. We all need Christ. 
Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin separates us from a relationship with God. But Christ built the bridge at the cross to reconnect us. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My friend, you do not have to clean up your life and make it appealing to God. You come to Christ exactly as we are and by faith invite him into your life. And Scripture says the good news of the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He was seen by Peter and the apostles, and at one point by over 500 at one time. Hey, it only takes two witnesses in a court of law to verify a truth. Well, my friend, or verify an event. Well, there were over 500 that saw our risen Lord at one point in time. That's all the verification you need. Not to mention the fact, like the old song says, you ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Oh, my friend, don't go through life saying, I wish I had. Go through life saying, I'm glad I did. Start with trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just tell God you believe that Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he bodily resurrected from the dead, and by faith invite Christ into your life to be your personal Savior. The Scripture describes that as calling on the name of the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you uh, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, trusting in Christ personally as your Lord and Savior, that's what it means to become a Christian. Hey, there's a lot of different flavors of faith out there, and I'm confident that God uses them all. But it starts with a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, God will give you forgiveness of sins, home in heaven, and a better way of living right here on this earth. And when it comes time to meet the Lord, you'll say, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I trusted him instead of saying, I wish I had. Oh, my friend, look to the Lord in faith believing and then live for him looking through the windshield of opportunity instead of the rearview mirror of regrets. And you'll be so glad you did. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.